0: talk about it now sad edition I guess it depends on how you look at it <laughs> we've done a number of sad episodes in the past that have dealt with serious serious subjects or really really poor TV shows today um, off the cuff hoping that this helps with like coping and getting through the grieving process also hope that we have the memorial sooner than later my father Monty Skinner passed away Saturday Sunday Sunday so whatever day that is like Sunday the 20 24th the 25th. or 25th there's or, oh, on Teddy's that's right on Teddy's month birthday um mm-hmm. early in the morning at 12.30 a.m around that time um yeah it's weird I don't know you know like it's one of those things where so I went back to see him and said goodbye to him and obviously just looked absolutely terrible um after he had gone through some lung issues he was just in the hospital so a lot of us flew out to go and see him a lot of us being people that actually loved him uh no just kidding. i'm <laughs> totally kidding can't wait till people listen to this podcast. i'm just kidding i know it was a really short notice it's much easier to make a flight from utah to wherever um so we're able to say goodbye to him. the only thing that was hard in that entire process for me well one was figuring out when to go but the only part that was hard in that process for me was my nephew. I took my nephew uh, when I went the second time, and he really struggled with it. I don't know. Like, I haven't really experienced that much death in my life. So maybe I've just, having not dealt with it, just grown immune to it and just like pushing it off and not like, oh, it's, yep, it's just over. It also helps too that my dad, it wasn't expected. We knew that it was coming. He had been basically hard to talk to for like the last three years a struggle to talk to the last seven
1: so when when did he start exhibiting symptoms of like dementia and alzheimer's
0: know, probably like a long long time ago <laughs> like things where like you just don't remember stuff probably like prior to my mission But wow. like, because if you think about it in order for you to like want to go and be like hey you know what we should get you tested it probably already has to be kind of bad so that's the only reason i think it was probably before my mission that he was exhibiting symptoms or whatever and i also don't know the science even though we've done an alzheimer's podcast before where do you have like when it starts developing to when you know that it is impacting someone i don't know if like oh you're born with it like you have it and then eventually it just starts i don't think that's the case with it i think it like slowly just infiltrates and takes over over time. All of that being said, we knew, I think, by 2016. I feel like we knew by the time we lived in that apartment, right? The apartment in Orem.
1: Mm -hmm. So do you feel like you had been kind of like mourning his loss long before he was gone just because he was not there mentally? Because I was surprised to actually see that you've been fine with his passing like I haven't seen you be super like emotional about it but looking back I'm like you've been super emotional about it other times because you realize like you're losing your dad mentally before long before you lost him physically
0: Mm. definitely like a lot of songwriting like 2019 I think I wrote a bunch of songs that were very him focused which I also think is when it became very apparent how quickly it was progressing and I I think that's why I started going that route in 2019. 2020 was more mom-related writings of things. So maybe that's what I mourned. I just mourned three years. What year is it? I just mourned three years ago. I think that's when I wrote the Let's Go Down song. I remember that very vividly. So it must have been, yeah, that was at Dale and Carly's old place. Just a little tipsy and just started jamming for everybody because that's like one of the first times too where i like played for a group of people where everyone was paying attention that's how i knew it was a good song and that there was something special with that song whether it be like me pouring all of my emotions into it or whatever because generally speaking you have like the people who are like oh guy with the guitar at the party um types but when I remember like everyone was listening when we were doing that song and kind of cra- Parker and I were crafting it together. It came together really, really
1: fast. Too. And of course I was like tearing up like i mostly do when you start writing like a new song. Good things, <laughs> like good songs. Yeah. And like when I can tell that there's like a lot of emotion behind it. Um, I
0: saw I was listening to something that, uh, that's why girls love, that's the cliche of girls love people with guitars, is because music is one of the okay ways for men to express their emotions. Like yelling, oh. like the stereotypical way that men express emotions are generally one of two, through art or through what some would call toxic masculinity, like yelling, belligerencies, et cetera, et cetera. That's <coughs> where you're saying something. Oh,
1: sorry. Um I can't remember the really now. Sorry. It's hard to keep a turn of thought when I'm really tired from lack of sleep. But um, I guess, like, what what was your initial reaction when you heard about your dad's passing?
0: Um, just how unimportant it is. Sorry, you know what I mean? Like, just how, like not the death itself, but like how unimportant most things are in life, things that we give a lot of time to that we probably don't need to. I'm sure you've noticed this. I've been like way more clingy with Teddy probably since he, uh, since my dad went to the hospital. Um, I don't think that's, I think that was like, a, just a natural reaction to it To, Cause I don't think my dad was a bad dad. So anything negative that I say is just from, learning and wanting to improve. So I hope no one takes it that way. But um, I don't remember, like, past, like, being, like, a little kid, having, like, an incredibly close relationship with him, where it was, like, we talked all the time, or he gave me wise counsel or whatever it may be. I think most of his wise counsel is through action of, like, hard work. Like, hard work was a really big thing of his. Um, So every Saturday we'd chop wood. We'd have to, like, do outdoorsy type things on the weekends and then as time went on too like that became less and less and part of that could be he was getting older with at the at the age that I was because if I would have been he was 49 when I was born so he's in his 60s mid 60s as I'm like a teenager so definitely two different generations as well as someone who's getting old fast um, I think led to me not doing as much outside work as other people had to do. It's back always hurt and all of that stuff.
1: I think what's unique in this situation though, like a lot, a lot of people get to say goodbye when it comes to a loved one passing. Um, or like, it was like a slow process, whereas sometimes it's a lot more sudden. And I think that I don't know, can be a different way of grieving. Like, since you were able to say goodbye, since you were able to, like, kind of grieve his loss over the years because he just wasn't there mentally as much as he was, um, maybe it's easier. I mean, I
0: hope. It did feel like his, like, goodbye, goodbye was his 80th birthday. Yeah. Everyone got together. Everyone, all the kids were there. Almost all of the nieces and nephews were there. So, like, all of the the family, immediate family was there so that was probably i don't know it was just with with alzheimer's it's weird because it's just like and then like you're getting reports from mom and she's like oh it sounds like same old stuff dad just forgets stuff
1: (laughs) and it was kind of cool that i mean it was hard i know that for sure because seeing him here after he traveled from california to utah he saw teddy when teddy was a month old and you could just see his health had decreased significantly since the previous year. And after your parents left, you told Teddy, Teddy, that was probably the, the last time you'll see Grandpa Skinner. And that was really sad for me to hear. But it's like even before we had kids, I was kind of sad because I knew that your dad would never remember our kids. Yeah. Or even meet them. And so it was kind of cool to see that he was able to meet Teddy. And the last thing he said to Teddy and I was just, "He got a really cute kid there. Like, even though he didn't know it was Teddy, like his grandchild. Did.
0: He still knew what cuteness was. <laughs> he so always just, knew. He always knew cuteness.
1: <laughs> so it was just really sweet. Her dad was always really kind to me, but I also didn't know him for that long before he started to like Um, experience a lot of the Alzheimer's um, symptoms and stuff like that. So,
0: It's also weird too, like as I've been thinking with Teddy, because now I have like that father-son relationship, and I think you could say parent-child. It doesn't have to be father-son. But thinking like, holy crap, there was 49 years that my dad lived without me. And then my entire life, we have lived every single day together. Not together, but you know what I mean. And so like this last week are the first seven days where him and I weren't both on the planet. And like what you like what you brought up, where like the the I think the hardest realization in all of this has been like, even though I know it, like I've recorded that little thing for Teddy that he can listen to when he's older, and I have this the this part in it at the very end where I go, and someday we will die. And you will be alone not necessarily like alone, like you don't have friends or potentially siblings or whatever it may be, but it's more of a, we won't be there to help you anymore. And I want to, I I want to be there for him as long as he can to mitigate as much suffering as possible. But at the same time, I also recognize that suffering or discomfort is what helps you to grow. So I don't want to, that's like what makes parenting hard just in general is like, I'll watch him struggling on the floor. I was like, is this the time where it's okay to help him? Or if I help him, is that going to somehow be detrimental to him in the future? Like, oh, my dad helped me every single time when I was rolling over instead of just letting me figure it out myself. I don't know. It's weird because I would say for the most part, my dad let me figure out things on my own. Siblings were probably more helpful in providing advice. Whether I took it or not, I'm not, I, I couldn't, tell you i don't i don't remember any specific time i'm like oh i got this piece of advice and i followed it and honestly like probably like friends providing advice more than anything and i want to i don't know what's the right or the wrong way but i want to be that source of not wisdom because that's not the right word experience i think experience is the right word because regardless i'm always going to have more experience than him because i've lived longer than him till i'm dead he I will always have the same number of days that he's been alive. So I want to provide as much of that experience to him so he can make decisions that are smart. It's also like completely, completely, I don't know. There's, there's sometimes I wish I could have had like very honest conversations with my dad, especially like after leaving the church, where I could have like ask him specific questions about things. Who knows how honest he would have been in those conversations. Like, how much did you really care that we went to church every single day, especially now knowing that our son isn't going to be raised with those base principles? Like, there's like a lot of like, yeah, it's okay if you like, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, it's okay if you have graven images. <laughs> that's such a weird, like that's, <laughs> it's like such a weird concept to me now to think like, oh, that's one of the 10 commandments. Don't have any graven images. Not, not. Don't rape. Not don't. <laughs> There's so many other ones, but no. Making graven images of something is bad. Anyways, I didn't. I don't want to turn this into making fun of things, but having those direct conversations with them, where I'm like, "How serious were all of these things? Like, and what do you think of me? Like, that's one of the big things in my, in my song. Um, was that feeling? In like constant feeling. If I'm being honest, like, I, I was always a good kid. Like I, I always succeeded in all of the metrics that are stereotypically associated with being successful, like 4.0 gotten to, gotten to a good college, graduated from a college with honors, went on my mission, um, was never like a troublemaker, rubble rouser. Like, Oh, Alex is going to go to prison. Like Alex goes and throws water balloons off of a bridge one time with Nate Tuttle and then he never does it again because he's like, "This is not smart. This is dangerous. We should not be doing this." Like that's the type of person that I was. But I never knew if, like, did he want there to be like a little bit of a rebel? Did he want there to be like, go do something fun? Go, I, like I don't know, like,
1: but go a ride parent, a motorcycle. But as a parent, do you, <laughs> you want to go? To, like when he's older, do you want him to be a rebel, or do you want him? No, to No, but go? Like not a
0: rebel. But what I like, like- uh, so, so a rebel compared to what the stereotypical. <laughs> this is what success is, metrics are. So like, if he doesn't get straight A's, if he's good at something else, I hope that I won't care. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. oh, you are really, really passionate about this thing and you love and enjoy doing it and you are successful doing it. So all of these other metrics of success don't matter as much. Um, that, But it also goes back to just that initial question of like, was he proud of us? Like I know sometimes he'd say like, proud of you, but like it was unspecific. They're just like proud of you. And I don't honestly couldn't even tell you a specific moment where he said that or anything like that. But it's it's all of those things where I'm like, is it good that he didn't do that as well? Was it bad? Is it does it matter? Probably doesn't matter, like at the end of the day. But sometimes I just get into that wonderment of Uh, am I the best I could have been, or am I just the best for what was expected? If that makes sense.
1: I mean, just thinking about like our own experience in having a child—like all we want for Teddy is him to be, for him to be happy. So you would hope that your dad would think the same.
0: Well, no, but like that's why it's kind of weird. I think that would be the same. Yes, I agree. But like, that's, what's weird to me is like being raised LDS specifically, like looking back at all of the guilt and shame that I held for a lot of things and not actually being happy a lot of the time. Like, was that like, I don't, I like, I think my dad was a good person. So I hope everyone takes this with the intention that I have behind it. But like, was he like up your, this, this unhappiness is deserved. Or was there like a part in him that's like, you know what? This is kind of bullshit, oh, Alex. Yeah. Like, you don't need to feel bad about that, this, but I can't tell you that because then I wouldn't be a good LDS father telling his kid like, hey, you know what? Because, th- And this is the reason that I, I wish I could have had those conversations because I know he didn't care. And the reason I know he didn't care is like, I would have girls over when mom was gone and he would never say a thing. Things that were very, very obvious where if you're an adult, you're like, oh, kids being kids again type things. Like he knew the things that were going on behind closed doors or going on uh, in open doors, even if he wasn't like around during the time. But he never verbalized it. It was always implicit. It was never explicit. I think that's the, if I was going to get at the root of my wishes and the, the regret is that there wasn't the explicit, this is bad, this is good, And once again, maybe that's a good thing he did it that way. I honestly have no no opinion one way or another of how he was a father was the best way or the worst way because I had a lot of good times as a child growing up. Had some bad times. There's always food to eat. We weren't like wealthy. We knew that there wasn't going to be like an inheritance or anything like that, but we always at least had what we need. So... I'm very grateful for that. I don't know. Just makes you think. And honestly, like, I don't even feel like I know my dad at all. I think that's another thing that I'm struggling with. Like, as I was, like, doing this podcast, because like, I did, like, a Before I Die for my dad thing. Like, you're such a nice guy. 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 Which, to me, he was. He was nice. I um, mean, I think he was nice to most everybody he came in contact with. Always very service-oriented, which is a good thing. And so sometimes I feel selfish when I'm like, why couldn't you have spent more time having these conversations with me? Because an answer would be like, well, I cut down an oak tree, split an oak tree all day Saturday for the widow, uh, for the widow down the street or for whoever needs to heat their home for the winter. And then you just feel like a dick as like a kid being like, man, I'm so selfish that I wish I could have had these conversations. But at the same time, he wasn't cutting trees every every single day. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like there's definitely time he worked from home. So there uh, sometimes he'd go on sales calls or whatever to drop product off. Um, when I was growing up, but there was never, man, this is turning into like way more complaining than I hoped. And I hoped it would be, but I also think it's really good and therapeutic for me because with how things are currently constituted with our plans for his memorial, like it's in April, uh, we're recording this September 29th. You heard that correctly. Six plus months. We're going to have to wait to fully have closure from this entire situation. And I think a lot of people are like, well, that's also selfish. Like, you, what about other people who don't want to have closure yet? I was like, I think most people want to have closure. Like, I was talking to my brother about it. And I, it's this, this lingering feeling of everything matters, but having to push it down and being like, but it's not real. I don't remember how I described it, but I was like, that's like, it's almost like a, a giant, a sleeping giant waiting waiting to be awoken in April.
1: So you feel like you can't really mourn until then?
0: I don't know. Like sometimes I wonder if I already mourned or if I'm just going to wait until then. Yeah, because like, for whatever reason, there, there's that finality of it. It's even in the hospital, I guess. I, I almost kind of wish I would have been there when he died. I think that would have been super helpful in because that would have been like you feel and see the finality like and He gave his last breath and he's gone. Um, Or maybe I would. not Maybe that would have scarred me. I have no idea. I didn't experience it. But it does feel like we can't properly. It does feel like I cannot properly mourn until it's like, all right. And now we have honored him.
1: Yeah. I think that's a common thing, though. That's like why people do memorial services or burials or spreading ashes and all those things like. Help people kind of grieve and of course the grief doesn't go away but it just kind of feels like a chapter is closed so you can move forward but it's kind it just of reminds like, me of the show we watched last night it kind of reminds
0: <laughs> me of like you know when serial killers would like hide the bodies oh My gosh! and people would always <laughs> and people would be like until we have the body like we don't really have closure like with it and I, it's not like my <laughs> dad was killed by a serial killer but i kind of get I I was always like super judgmental of that. Like they haven't been home for ten years. They're dead. Get over it. But I kind of get it. Like you want to like no, which
1: is why people want to bury. Yeah, people. If I saw him die. Oh.
0: (laughs) Like because like I know like I know he's dead. This sounds so so illogical. Like I know he's dead. But like now that we've had this ceremony where we've come together and all agreed that he is in fact dead and we are all mourning together, like a very communal type thing, then I'll be like, all
1: right, good. It's done well even like the act of just like putting the body into the ground and like it's just very symbolic of like
0: which know. we are not doing because we're cremating so i'm not doing it in case everyone's wondering i'm not going to be i will not be cremating my father but some cremation worker <laughs> i think that's what they're called will be doing it
1: and i've never actually i don't think i've ever really experienced like a,
0: a real death
1: like in person?
0: No, no, no. Like, keep going. I interrupted you. I
1: was going to say, I don't think I've ever, like, mourned somebody that was cremated. This is the first cremation of, like, somebody that I know. Um, No pressure. It's just different.
0: You better do some good mourning, though.
1: Well, no. I mean, <laughs> like, I've just, I usually, like, go to, like, a burial site and see them bury a body instead of... Spreading ashes. So it'll be a different vibe. Yeah. Um, what aspect or what traits of your father do you think you're going to pass down to Teddy? Or do you want to like pass down to Teddy?
0: Probably his. And I've ran into this too. I, I feel like I'm very similar with him. Um, I want him to be very outgoing but at a larger scale than him and i are so like we're very gregarious people for money-making reasons which sounds bad like all i mean by that is like for work networking we can be gregarious people that talk and and whatever but then at home or in private like are very very quiet like i don't want Teddy to be like that I want I so sorry you're you're asking me what things I want him to be like I want him just to be gregarious all the time obviously understanding that that takes a lot of energy and effort to do so it's not like you had a bad day you failed you failed as a child but just like generally speaking being gregarious in all situations and like very familial with a lot of people because as I get older I realize more and more that relationships are all that really matters relationships get you jobs relationships get you actual relationships like friendships, marriages, uh, work relationships, etc. Um, it gets you favors, having relationships, it gets you so many things and I would want him to kind of do that. And I think my dad was good at that before I was born, but uh, like he was more of like a recluse as as his life went on. Recluse is too strong of a word. But kept to himself. It's probably better. Just he just kept to himself as he got older. And part of that could have been Alzheimer's. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows when the Alzheimer's started to impact him, like we were talking about. But that would be the gregarious, gregarious kindness is what I would want the most from him. Hard work, maybe like provide more like being a provider than anything. Do everything that you love which I don't know if my dad did that because we never had conversations like Is this the best life that you think you could have lived.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, don't, I don't know. Like, so probably that, like if I had to boil it down to one thing, I can't really think of much beyond the gregarious part.
1: Yeah. That's a good trait going back to like the 2004 or 2019 grief process that you went through. Um, of just like writing songs about him and all that. I think it started because you tried interviewing him for your podcast and you, oh, that year you also learned a lot about like your dad's history and like the war, like the Vietnam war. And just going back to like, I don't know, realizing that one, he kind of lived in the past and didn't really have the ability to like live in the present And learning about that, I remember you texted me and you were like, oh my goodness, like my dad almost died in Vietnam. And thankfully he lived till he was as old as he is because he had you and your whole family. So
0: it's very hard to judge someone when you've been given an opportunity that only they could have provided you. Yeah. Like I know, like looking at it from more of a God doesn't exist standpoint. Where all of the things that had to have gone right for me to have the consciousness that I have to be sitting here right now, having the conversation like we talked about yesterday too, like all of the things that had to come together for Teddy to be born um those are things that I'll always be really, really grateful for. and it makes a lot of like these little nitpicky things that I have where I'm just like, you never really taught us how to like I think a really big thing is, I want to make sure I teach Teddy how to do because I'm not good at it myself. Maybe we can learn it together is how to like have difficult conversations with people that you're really, really close with because nobody in my family and hopefully if anyone, if anyone listens to this, this is more for me anyways, if anyone listens to this, I hope they don't take offense to that, but I think it's very, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with it where it's like, we never get to the point. We always dance around a point, even in this, um, it's like we had like a family council where we we're trying to figure out, I don't even remember what we we're trying to, oh, we're just trying to figure out hospice. Like April like volunteers, like he can just come to my house. We'll take care of him. And like there's like, I don't, like that, the conversation should have ended there but for whatever reason it went on for like another 30 minutes to an hour. Somebody has volunteered to take care of him. And then he comes home Friday and is dead by Sunday, like two days. April did a great murder job. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. Um, like, we all knew that, we didn't know, but like, we knew that it was going to be a month at the most, but more likely less time. And so I was just really confused at the conversation that we're having. Anyways, I would like to, even I'm not good at it. Where do I go to have like my hard conversations with people? The podcast. Like, I don't have it like just directly with them. Um. So I'm, I'm illustrating right now uh, an a inability to have those types of conversations um how do we get on that are the things that i wish i would have learned because once again going back to relationships if relationships are the most important thing in the world then what's more important than a hard conversation and like keeping those relationships strong despite concerns or grievances that you might have with another person
1: I have a hard time with hard conversations as well. Yeah, It's just like the, for me, it's, I just don't want to cause conflict. And so I'll just push it aside. <laughs> but.
0: Seriously though. It's like so essential. So essential. And then like we have all of, I, I'm once again, I am just as guilty of this as everyone. It's not even just my family. This is like all of humans. And then you have like your side conversations too. Where like, this is how I feel. Like you say how you feel to a single person. You're like, why don't we just have, why just say that in front of everyone?
1: And then when it's brought up in front of everyone, then they say, oh, no, that's, that's, that's not, not how, that how I deal. feel.
0: Story not about my family. That's just like a really great example of this. Uh, a group of friends. And this just illustrates who I am to a T and why people don't like me. Or why people could have a reason not to like me. I'm not going to say years and I'll try to like avoid talking too much about anyone. But um, there was a person who we would just talk bad about behind their backs all the time. And I said, I, and, th- and this is just me putting myself in their shoes, not to like make myself sound super empathetic, but me putting myself in their shoes going, man, do you guys talk crap like this <laughs> about me behind my back? Because I would much rather know so that I could change behaviors that you don't like and be a better friend to you. And you would be a great friend by helping me improve and become a better person. So anyways, we've talked crap about this person behind their back probably for like a good few weeks. I don't exactly remember what they did. That's the irony of it all. It turns out it doesn't really matter. But I was like, why don't we just talk to them about it? Like, let's just have a conversation where we're just like very specific. You, We've been specific here. Like these three things that keep happening over and over and over again. Let's talk to them about it go to have this conversation. I started off and then everyone does exactly what you just said a few minutes ago where it's like, Oh no, that's not how I feel. I'm just like, now this person hates me. Everyone has absolved and walked away from it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've made a, I've made a terrible tactical error. I lost that group of, uh, I lost some of that group of friends about three to, there's probably 10 of us in the group. And I think four of them, I no longer talk to and a depth, like it impacted our actual relationship, that scenario that happened. So I, I, th- and I think the main reason that I share that story is to more illustrate the point that nobody is good at this, even 18 year old, 17 year olds, 50 year olds, 60 year olds. And no one is probably hyperbolic. I'm sure there are people who are good at having these conversations, but in my limited experience in life, it has been a struggle, struggle city. And I wish I wish that was easier, especially in a situation like this where I'm sure my dad, like if he could see the is like what, like it guys, I hope you guys know, not that anyone is like super in like the family is like super upset about anything from the contrary, but even just like little things that are made seemingly larger. I'm sure he'd be like, it doesn't matter guys. It's, it doesn't matter. Just whatever's going to be the easiest for everybody. Just do that thing. Yeah. And I think that's how most of us, most, speaking to my family members like would want to do things like in situations like this like let's just do what's easiest and like we'll move on to the next move on till to tomorrow but i wonder if like you also don't know like what stages of grief people are going through themselves like that's been like the weirdest thing for me the number of texts that i haven't sent that are just like i started typing out like maybe they're doing really really good I would hate to send this text that like pushes them back into like a depression. And then I think like, or it might be like an uplifting positive text or like a jokey text. Like, I don't want to send this. And they'd be like in a depressive mood where they're still like coping with it or whatever. And it's like, just not the right moment for it. So That's been, that's been complicated. I, I do think the right answer is just go for it. Yeah. It's better to, it's better to shoot that shot and it miss than to not shoot it at all. But it's been weird.
1: Well, and like what has helped you? Like I know that you say that you're not really super affected by it. But like texts like that, would you want to receive those? Has it been helpful? Has it been hurtful? Like.
0: I don't know if anyone's been sending texts like that. Oh. So I don't know.
1: But would you feel
0: it like if you did get a text like that? Actually, like to be honest, like it is weird. And this isn't to poo poo on people that have done this. It is weird getting like, we're so sorry for your lost texts. and just like. Uh, I'm doing fine. I appreciate, I appreciate you thinking of me though. Yeah, and like I think some of it like is a little bit of guilt there. Like, should I be feeling worse? Like the way that people text me, and maybe that's just like the nature of death. But the way that people text me, I'm just like, is it one of those things where I've buried it so deep down that it's going to explode at some point? Or am I not grieving the way that a normal human should grieve in a situation like this? Or, what we've already discussed, did I already do my grieving back in 2019 and I'm fine now? The only reason that I think that is not the case is because when I was playing music, when he had just like gotten to the hospital, I was, I was a little bit emotional then. So I don't know.
1: You could be in the denial phase. Right now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, potentially. Which is weird, like, is denial just like, I'm denying emotions? Because I'm very much not denying that he is dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always thought denial was like, you deny whatever, maybe it is you just deny the emotions. I don't know. Psychology 101, it's been a while since I took that class. It would have been like 2013, 2014.
1: Do you feel like you were a lot more, um, well, like you were saying, taking tie to the hospital, but, um was it a lot more emotional being with family and just with Ty, like,
0: cause I got there on whatever day it was and like all, there was a bunch of us there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing great. And then going with Ty and seeing Ty break down was just heartbreaking. And like, I like, I think I told him this, like it's one of those things too. I wish we were better with our emotions and maybe it's just, this could be a just me thing and not an everyone in my family thing. So it's just what I witnessed. Like, I regretted not like holding him when he started crying, like so that he felt like he had someone. So I hope I never do that again. I don't know. It's just like a weird thing because I think we've talked about this before where a lot of times we have the wrong impression of like a given situation where it's, oh, they probably just want to be left alone and deal with it the way that they're dealing with it you don't know that until you ask or you try so going back to shooting your shot and then if they reject you from them from you holding them then you're like okay but at least at least I now know Mm -hmm. uh, that's not what they wanted Um, but yeah we've never been really great Uh, uh, most of what we do is deal with our issues through humor which is fine That's an absolutely fine way of going about things it's no judgment there but it can get confusing Mm
1: -hmm. at
0: times like how far is too far with like The jokes, like I so Coolio, the rapper, died yesterday. (laughs) Not to speak ill of my father, my father was a man of his time, for lack of a better term. And so I was gonna do a meme of Coolio, my (laughs) my dad, and Betty White, because Betty White died earlier this year. Um, like just chilling in heaven. I was like, "Ah, will that be like the three best friends that anyone could have? I'm like, is this gonna be? funny like one is it even just funny face value and then two if i send this to everyone are they gonna get like the what my humor is in this it's less about anyone being dead and it's more about these are three random people to be spending time with right now anyways
1: (sighs) i think it's funny but i also know your sense of humor and (laughs) know that you're joking and not trying to like cause anymore
0: well and heaven's not real so obviously coolio my dad and betty white aren't <laughs> aren't actually hanging out right now
1: ugh.
0: which is sad it's kind of sad which I know a lot of people Oh, that was loud which I know a lot of people would be well that's depressing Alex like yeah it is just kind of depressing
1: Well, I hope that like when and if your grief process changes I'm able to be here for you just cuz like I I don't know how to to be as a wife like with a grieving spouse. Yeah. And so
0: It's also like I th- I think I would do a good job of like like I'm also not going to be a person who's going to be like you weren't there for me when my dad died like Cause I have no idea what I need. So like, yeah. that's completely unfair. It's like been hard with, it's probably the place that it's been hardest is like with work. Cause I'm not a, I used to be. And then I realized that it was off putting to people or maybe that was just me pretending, but I don't like people knowing about it. So I haven't really told anyone about it. And so like, we'll have like these discussions and work where I'm just like, guys, this doesn't like, <laughs> this doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: Wait, you haven't told people at work?
0: No. Everyone the only people that know are because of um your post.
1: Do you think it would be helpful for people to know? No. Like, cuz you've told me this too. You're like, what, what, I want how, people how? to know that like this person's going through this so that I, if I do something, like I don't want to make it worse for them. Yeah.
0: I always just feels like for me, when I want to do it, it feels like a cop out. Like I'm almost like using my dad's death as like an excuse for whatever things are going on right now. When in reality, these things likely would have, my reaction to them might be a little bit different, but these things would have happened regardless of my father passing away on Sunday or not. I don't know. And I also don't know, like, do people, I don't know who deserves to know or should know, I guess is the right if that's the right way of saying about saying it and it completely changes the way of advice that you give to which like can make me a little bit nervous at times because all of my advice is coming from the do what is ever going to make you or going to allow you to live the best life that you can so i can't think of like a specific example from work or anything like that but if like one of my employees comes to me and is like hey i'm dealing with this thing this thing this thing I like provide the feedback and then I go, and also like, don't worry about it. Like the the present is so very, very important, but it doesn't matter after a second because that's how quick the present moves on. This podcast is now all in the past that we've done, except for the words that I'm saying right now. And in a sense, all of that is dead now. And so when you're like making these hard decisions, especially in like a service based industry, like, uh, like I work in, it can like linger with you for like a really long time, a decision that you made. It's just like, no, doesn't matter. You're the only one that's thinking about this. Like, we've all lost clients. We've all pissed somebody off. We've all made mistakes. Life's too short to, to care about these things. You, once again, you need to do whatever is necessary for you to be able to live the life that you want to live. So if you like making money, if you like getting bonuses, if you like doing whatever it is, maybe you go into finance. Oh, you still like, you still like marketing a ton. Okay, great. Stay, stay here. You want to make more money and get, get bonuses. Great. You just have to re- do a re- really great work. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with knowing what their values are in general, myself included. I don't, I don't know. I know I value time with the people I care about. So I'm going to do whatever I can to continue to have that time with the people that I care about and do fun things on occasion with them.
1: Mm -hmm. And like you said, like relationships at the end of the day, I think that's like what really matters. And I think that
0: I, I think my dad would be say like a very similar thing. So like I'm saying this stuff where I'm like, I don't know what my dad thought of me. And I've always been very upfront on this podcast. I never want anyone to wonder where they st- are. And it's like, I don't want there to even be that lingering like, hey, are you pissed off at me? Like for something I don't know that I did. I don't want that to be a thing. I want people to know um, if I'm happy with them, if I'm upset with them. I don't want anything to be hidden. Maybe I, need to, I definitely need to do a better job of knowing the medium with which I have those types of conversations to figure it out. Less public forums, less in front of people that it might make them feel weird, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, I sometimes wonder if my dad knew he was loved. Like, we're all very similar in how we deal with our emotions. So if I was unsure, like, was he? Did he care? You know what I mean? Like, did he care if, like, his kids loved him or not? Um, my my thought would probably be yes, but once again, who Who knows? Except him. He's the only one that knows what he, what he needed to feel at any given time. Um, so I hope that he felt cared for and loved, um, especially as the end was drawing nigh. And so that would be my advice to everybody. To try to be as kind as possible in every situation, even though I'm a bad example of it. But also don't be afraid, like, Not being afraid to have those conversations, especially with the relationships that you value. And what you're going to find is you will have different values on relationships than other people. And that can hurt, but it's better to know where someone values a relationship than to not know and you give all of your time and attention to it and it not be reciprocated.
1: But I really liked what you said about like, did your dad know if he was loved? Because... We should show the people that we care about that we love them because it's you never know when someone's going to pass away.
0: Well, I mean, in like that's the other like gut wrenching part of that song that I wrote. Um, I don't he didn't say it in those words. I think that oh, I really wish I could remember the exact thing because essentially the line in the song is, oh, sweet boy, come home. My dad didn't say, oh, sweet boy. Um, <laughs> he's like. I think he just said, come home soon. It was like the first time that he'd ever requested something like that to me. And so I came home Christmas, like relatively soon after he like made that request. I'm like, I think, I don't think this was a throwaway line because it's legitimately like the first time he's like, asked me for me, not for my abilities. For example, he's like, asked like, Hey, all right, let's go chop wood. Let's go like do, let's go do chores or whatever it was. Like it was the first time he ever just asked for me as a person which I think is why that was so impactful. And yeah, well, I'm there. I'll be there and talk to you for like an hour and then move on.
1: Yeah. I thought you did a really good job at like making your dad feel like he, um, like, cause with Alzheimer's, you don't know where you are all the time. You don't really know the people you're with, but like, he always made the effort to like play music, which is a huge role in his life where he like remembered music. Um, And so anytime you were around him, you'd either play his song, the songs that he loved and sing with him and he'd whistle along. And, um, Oh, that was really sweet.
0: Yeah. It was fun. That's, I think that was everyone's way because once again, words are hard, but that's why music is so great for people like us. And like just for, apparently men in general, because that's the one way that you can be emotional that's accepted. I know most people are like, no, it's okay to cry. Like, yeah, I, I know it's okay to cry. Still doesn't make it easy to do. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> and I thought it was cool that you were still able to connect over that even if you weren't able to connect over conversation words, but singing was always your way to connect with him.
0: He has five songs that he likes and so we'd sing those five songs over and over and over again. <laughs> Most of them the Kingston Trio and then, um, El Paso by, oh, what's that dude's name? Robbins. Barry Robbins. Oh my gosh. Someone's yelling at their, someone's yelling at their, uh, their screen right now. Um, but do you want to say though you've been gone for a long time, dad, uh, good luck. Hopefully, hopefully there's an afterlife and you're having fun. Um. If not, thanks for the good times. Thanks for the the A's game taking me out of school early to go to that. Thanks for taking me on essentially all of the field trips that I ever went on to Rainbow Boa Orchards for like picking apples and having apple donuts, going to the zoo, being at every single sporting event or anything that I was doing. Like one that I remember very vividly is you went to like when we were a really crappy band writing really crappy music. You still went. I don't think you ever went again, but you went one time, and that's enough. <laughs> um, always very supportive in going to things, so I'll never take, I'll never take that away from you. And uh, uh, we love you. Teddy loves you. And the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen.